and broke. Today on Viewpoint, we want to talk about America's book. We want to talk about the Bible. And uh, I remember back as a child, and maybe you do too, singing a little song. It became somewhat America's Christian song, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Do you know that song? Well, let me ask you this. If you know it, do your kids know it? Do your grandchildren know it? And if not, why? Maybe that's part of the problem that we have here today on Viewpoint and around our world with a stunning number of Americans who don't hold a biblical worldview. The report just came out today. A new study by longtime evangelical Christian researcher George Barna, who is a friend of mine and of this broadcast, finds that 94% of Americans do not hold a biblical worldview. Now, I want you to think about that. 94% of Americans do not hold a biblical worldview. So if they don't hold a biblical worldview, what kind of view do they hold? Well, the study found that the most common worldview among Americans, that is 88%, could best be termed syncretism. It's described as a disparate uh, irreconcilable collection of beliefs and behaviors that define people's lives. In other words, a, a merging of all kinds of different thinking and beliefs and religions and, and uh, feelings and so on, all merged into a stew that people call either Christianity or spirituality, whatever term they want to apply. It's called syncretism. In fact, in my new book, that I'm just in the process of writing now, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, we have an entire chapter called The Seduction of Syncretism. Oh, my friend, it is unbelievable. When you get a chance to read this new book, hopefully by the end of the year, you are going to be not just informed, but you are going to be seriously transformed from within. Well, the 2021 edition of the Bina Research is the first of its kind to measure seven prominent worldviews, biblical theism, secular humanism, postmodernism, moralistic therapeutic deism, nihilism, Eastern mysticism, and Marxism, along with its offshoot critical race theory. But Barna found that no single worldview was embraced by a significant percentage of Americans. Amazing, isn't it? If the Bible is America's book. Our guest today says it is America's book and was America's book, or at least it was and maybe is not America's book. He's joining us, Michael Austin, as he has so frequently over the years, representing Christian history in the Christian History magazine. And this issue is called America's Book, How the Bible Helps Shape a Nation. I wonder if our forgetting, Michael, of the Bible is helping to unshape the nation. What say you? Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> um, very much so. Uh, thank you for that wonderful introduction, Chuck. As usual, you have framed this um, in an outstanding way. Um, but the, um, <clears throat> the Bible has, um, well, it used to be that America had the Bible written all over it. Absolutely. In um, fact, look at our look at our national buildings in in Washington D.C. Almost mm. all of them have biblical inscriptions on them. 
Almost all of them. Yeah. Yes. Of course, the uh, Supreme Court uh, famously has the picture, uh, the uh, the scene of Moses um, leading the people out of bondage. And um, today we seem to be rushing into bondage. Absolutely. Because we've forgotten the Bible. The Bible was to yeah. give us freedom and liberty and free us from the bondage of sin that would free us from bondaging one another and yet it seems that the human condition is to always return to Egypt. Well, the, um, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, frightening that uh, the American people have actually chosen this. Um, of course, there's a lot of fraud going on, but, um, you know, in a, in a nation like this, uh, a free people uh, overcome fraud. Um, but as you as you have so astutely pointed out, and and my goodness, that statistic of Barna's study is frightening. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, without the Bible, um, not only do we not have um, truth, but um, and not only do we not have freedom, but we are terrified. Uh, my goodness, we've been in, uh, encircled by so many. Uh, terror, uh, you know, narratives of terror. Uh, it's it's amazing, and and how quickly all of this has taken place. Well, it's taking place even as we speak today. We have just been informed by the president, or CEO of Pfizer, uh, that has produced the uh, vaccines. That now Americans are not going to only need one and two vaccines they're going to need at least a third booster vaccine by the end of the year and then are you listening every year <laughs> thereafter until eternity every year thereafter what is this about it has almost nothing to do with health and everything to do with bondage absolutely bondage is the right word um because uh you know they found a way they found a way to enslave this population um, in in the span of uh, of a year uh, through lies and deception, and um, <clears throat> of course we know that um, our Savior promised and was so absolutely uh, dead on truthful that um, the truth would set you free. But we have a uh, a nation now adverse to the truth, convinced that there is no truth, convinced that we cannot find the truth. And um, again, that statistic from Barna, Barna's uh, study. Yeah, well, uh, we're, told, we're told that, then, Michael, just follow the science. Forget about God, forget about the <laughs> Bible, just follow the science. And yet the yeah. science is as unstable as water. It changes with every uh, day, practically, that passes, different viewpoints, different ideas, coming from exactly the same people. So it's as if the politicians and the uh, 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 pharmaceutical fellows, and then, indeed, also pastors now that are being conscripted by Joe Biden to market all of this, are becoming the pharaohs of our time to compel every one of us into a new eternal bondage on this planet. We'll be right back, friends, as we talk about the Bible. Is it really America's book today? It was. We'll be back. 
Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Viewpoint. Welcome. I welcome you aboard. It's conversation as always with ever increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And we open the program with a stunning revelation of a report from the Bina Barn Research Group and uh, uh, coming out of also the uh, Arizona Christian University, where they discovered that syncretism now is a cut and paste approach to making sense of life rather than developing an internally consistent coherent biblical perspective, Americans are embracing points of view or actions that feel comfortable or seem convenient. Those beliefs and behaviors are often inconsistent or even contradictory, but few Americans seem to be troubled by that. While both Marxism and Eastern mysticism, also known as New Age, receive considerable media coverage, less than one-half of one percent actually admitted to either worldview, the problem is they don't know what it is. And actually, New Age is comprised of the syncretizing of other religions. The survey was based on a half-hour-long personal interview with a nationally representative sample of 2,000 adults. A substantial portion of adults possess a moderately high number of beliefs or behaviors that meet various worldview specifications, but not quite enough to qualify as being a true adherent of that worldview. They found that only 31% of the 2,000 that they interviewed had a clear biblical worldview. Only 31%. That's in a nation that was founded on the Bible through the precepts of the scriptures, including not only our education, our families, our government, but also our laws and economic decisions. All of it was founded on the Bible. Whatever happened? Whatever happened? Maybe well, this we was predicted. Ahead, it's predicted in the Bible itself that will come a time when right is viewed as wrong, and wrong is viewed as right, good, bad, and bad, good. Aren't we so there? So we are, yes, we are there. And um, you, you brought up something in the earlier segment that I think is so uh, important to be aware of, and that is the role of our pastors. You know, the, uh, there's a wonderful, the lead article in this uh, issue mm-hmm. uh, titled The America's Book, uh, is titled uh, A City on a Hill, and it makes that reference uh, uh, that you mentioned from uh, uh, or that person, Ronald Reagan. Um, but in this, in this uh, article, uh, the author points out that in the revolutionary times, we're talking about uh, 1700s, the, it was the pastors and the preachers who instilled in the American public this idea of, of a 
uh, a nation that has been brought out of bondage, that would be the bondage of uh, monarchy in, in Europe, uh, into a, a world of freedom and truth. And this uh, concept that, um, you know, the, well, it was, it, was the, uh, it was the preachers and not the politicians who truly created the idea of a providentially elected people um, and, that, and set apart with a special mission of nation-making. And, of course, um, just think about the last commandment that Jesus delivered, the last uh, request, if you will, or, mm-hmm. or commission, was to go forth and disciple the nations. Teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. Thank you. <laughs> that's, exactly. that's the main thrust of the Great Commission. Not evangelism, but teaching people to obey God. That's what it means to truly believe. And uh, so that's what the original uh, founders of our country believed. And uh, it's not just the pastors. Uh, John Winthrop in 1630, a godly lawyer about 40 years of age, brought four boatloads of Puritans over here at the Massachusetts Bay Colony, and before they landed, he penned a document called A Model of Christian Charity that some theologians, excuse me, some uh, uh, observers have said was the most important document in American history, other than perhaps the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. And uh, it is filled with biblical uh, substance to set the stage like a life constitution for the for the nation and it was he who first used that phrase a city set on a hill taken from jesus uh there on the sermon on the mount yes a great uh, hero of the faith and a great hero of the nation uh long forgotten sadly well i didn't want people to forget it because uh we included it uh in the appendix to our book uh, Renewing the Soul of America, and also included it in our book, The Power of Hospitality, because that was a, a main theme of that particular message. So we're in a time right now where it seems that the Bible has been relegated in large measure to a museum. What do you make of that? Well, I was, um, you know, when that museum was uh, established just a couple of years ago, um that was uh, what occurred to me was, oh, my goodness, um, it's in a museum. That's the end of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, most of our churches uh, in Europe are museums today. And so um, this is, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible uh, passing, um, you know, ritual, I, I guess you could call it. When, when things get put into uh, to museums, uh, that, that signals the end of it. Well, when something has to be declared the year of, it is almost an indication that it's an in memoriam. For instance, <laughs> when, when Congress declared the year of the, of the family or the year mm-hmm. of the father, it was as if they recognized the family has gone bye-bye. Fatherhood has gone bye-bye, so maybe it would be a good idea for us to recognize it in retrospect. The same well, the occurred in 1983 focuses. about the Bible. Yes. 
the enemy focuses, uh, I think, mostly on destruction of the family, and we're seeing it in every uh, at every turn. Uh, and this is in spite of, you know, our, our education institutions at the time of the revolution and thereafter uh, were all about teaching the Bible. In fact, that was the purpose of the, um, you know, the, the, the major, what, what are known now as the, uh, uh, the ivory tower, the um, uh, elite uh, universities, Harvard, mm-hmm. Yale, Dartmouth, Princeton, and so forth, were established so that um, the teaching of the Bible would be possible to the people. And all, uh, all I, education under that was homeschooled using the Bible. Yes. As the foundation and for every they, single aspect of education. Well, there's a great movement back to the homeschool, Bible-based education, and uh, we have seen that now for the last decade. Um, this this uh, COVID situation and um, and the, this new administration is um, causing a an explosion in, in the homeschooling activity, which, by the way, um, uses this magazine a great deal, uh, along with uh, you know the series of Torchlighter uh, DVDs and 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 other material that the uh, Christian in, uh, Christian History Institute uh, puts out. Well, I, I can see why, because this is such a very important publication coming out every month. Tell us a little bit more about it. Well, it's quarterly, and uh, it was started by a wonderful film um, documentarian, Ken Curtis, back in the early 80s, 1982. We're talking about Christian and, History uh, Magazine. Christian History Magazine, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it was originally distributed by um, Christianity Today, which um, turned a, 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 a sad corner a few years ago and yep. decided to uh, not not distribute this. It came the property came back to the uh, original founding ministry, Christian History Institute. Mm-hmm. They developed a wonderful website on which you can read all of these issues. By the way, this is the issue number one thirty eight. So you got one thirty one hundred thirty eight. Uh, I think there's a couple that are not. Um, haven't haven't survived, but well, I think um, I have almost all of them in my library, and I keep them because they're so valuable. Oh my goodness! Uh, this history of ours, you know, our faith is part and parcel. Uh, there's no separation between history and our faith. In fact, um, what it what history is is his story. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. So our faith is tied into history. We can go back and cite actual events, places, and times in which this faith was established, that it was uh, uh, given provision and and sustaining uh, power and and delivered a savior um, to uh, believing Christians that makes us a part of, of history. And you know what? Chuck, that's not going to stop. That's going to continue. Yes, because history is still history, but those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And uh, that is our problem because uh, you look at so-called Christian Europe that has virtually abandoned its history so badly that they refused, even when they came up their constitution a few years ago, refused even to give an au revoir or a, a, a high and by sign to the word God in their constitution. 
So sad. So very sad. Well, uh, you know what? The Christians thrive under persecution. And we're seeing that all over the world. We're seeing that in this nation. People are turning to the home church and to the home schooling mm-hmm. uh, institution um, in, in droves. And um, that, is, that is our hope. That is our, our vision. He's given us that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, uh, yeah, and you know what? Most of this uh, uh, fear that's being um, spread throughout the nation, mm-hmm. uh, the irony is that it's self-imposed. It's absolutely self-imposed because even even these uh, regulations and so forth are not um, not yet codified into law. Most of them are um, recommendations, right. and um, you know the people people are starting to uh, stand up. Well, starting uh, to resist. I announced earlier this week that uh, I have made the decision that after a year of uh, kindly. Uh, respectfully submitting and uh, wearing the mask that it's time not to do so. And it's not because I'm a rebel. I'm not a rebel at all. But the mask not only does not help, it actually, uh, there is much evidence that it hinders. Uh, It affects your heart. It uh, creates other kinds of problems. And uh, it, it just does not serve to accomplish what we're told that it serves other than to bring us back into a kind of uh, authoritarian domination, uh, much like the Israelites under Pharaoh. Now, how can people get a hold of uh, Christian History Magazine? Well, um, you can go to the website, christianhistorymagazine.org, O-R-G. You can't purchase a a subscription to this magazine. Mm -hmm. It's only available by donation. And by the way, the folks that support the ministry want people to know if there's a financial issue. Just ignore all of the opportunities to donate. Uh, donation is very welcome, of course. But um, you can go right through the process, um, sign up for a, a year subscription. It'll be mailed to you uh, at no cost. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Uh, when we get back from this upcoming break, we're going to uh, see how... The Bible was used, for better or for worse, by the way, uh, in such environments as the Civil War. Uh, Both sides used the Bible to try to support their position, and uh, claiming it is the will of God is the will of God. Uh, But Abraham Lincoln came out with uh, some very, very strong statements and uh, said, talked about God's judgment and it said that this is uh, perhaps God's judgment on the nation because he is indeed a God of truth and a God of judgment. And uh, that's something we don't hear much of today, is it? The God of judgment. That's for sure. And I believe that we are under judgment now. You believe that? Oh, yes. Based upon the Bible? Yes. Um, how long? How long can a nation... Uh, shake its fist at our Creator without uh, without judgments coming. You have just about quoted verbatim the prophet Jeremiah to Israel. Abraham Lincoln said 3,000 years ago, so it must be said today, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. When did he write that? Second inaugural address in 1865 as the Civil War rolled on. We'll be right back, friends. 
our special guest, Michael Austin, concerning the Bible. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website saveus.org that's saveus.org also on chuck's website listen to chuck's viewpoint broadcast listen to the archives maybe you missed a program check it out at saveus.org also there are some great resources hospitality information also information about marriage divorce and remarriage newsletters articles prophecy Prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. The Bible was at the very heart and soul of this country. The first English book published in North America was the whole book of Psalms, faithfully translated into English meter in 1640. It was known as the Bay Psalm Book. The first Bible translation to appear in America was by a Puritan pastor, John Eliot, who translated the New Testament into Algonquin dialect in 1661. Then Martin Luther's German Bible, printed in 1743, became the first colonial translation published in a European language. And by the way, our special guest today, Michael Austin, I want you to know I have a copy of that page on our gallery wall mm, in our offices. Wonderful. It is unbelievable. Bibles were not printed in America in English until after the American Revolution. Robert Aiken printed the first complete King James Version in 1782, the only one ever authorized by Congress, and it became known as the Bible of the Revolution because soldiers found it easy to carry in their pocket. Wow. The Bible, Michael, authorized by Congress? Whatever happened well, to separation of church and state? <laughs> well, that concept has changed uh, drastically over the years. But, of course, the, uh, uh, the Bible couldn't be uh, printed in America before uh, our emancipation, why because is that? Uh, or or, or the or, you know a conclusion of a revolution, it was against the law. The uh, the king owned the copyright. Well, it was the so, King James version, sixteen eleven. That's right. That's the right. I he have commissioned original it. pages of that on our gallery wall as well, because My that goodness. was together with the Geneva version of the Bible. That was the Bible of the founding of America. Yes, yes, and I love that Bible. Um, so, but you brought up the Civil War. Yes. And, and, um, it wasn't how civil amazing. at all. <laughs> and neither, neither is the culture war that's going on today. It's not civil. It's becoming more uncivil by the day. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. One of the bloodiest conflicts in history, and both sides were thoroughly Christian. This has to get our attention. And I believe, I believe we are, it is getting our attention in this very day, and that is that there is something wrong 
in our churches. And, um, you know, we're misinterpreting the Bible. We're not staying faithful to its mm-hmm. uh, teachings. And uh, we can we have learned how to make it say whatever we would like it to say. You know, it's interesting. So I received a, a call from a woman who identified herself as a black woman. She says, I've been listening to your program now for quite some time, and I really appreciate uh, your program, what you have to say, and so on, but I want you to know something. Then she proceeded to tell me, with a mixture of an angry diatribe and almost tears pouring out of her eyes, her concern about what was happening in the black community, her concern about what's happening with the police conduct and so on, and why all of this is taking place. And I tried to reason with her because I said, you're in, the, uh, in danger of allowing a root of bitterness to dig deeply into your soul. She mm-hmm. says, I know, she, and, mm-hmm. and I, I can't let that happen. So she was very honest, but she says, I, I'm really quite desperate. And the more we talked, she says, you know what? Our pastors and our politicians are pimping the people. That's Mm. what she said. They're Mm. pimping the people. And she was talking about the black community. She said, our pastors and our politicians are pimping the black community and using them and abusing them into a kind of slavery and dependency through the use of the Bible. Now, that was quite a statement coming from her, and it happened today. Her passion was so great that it was very hard for me uh, to kind of, uh, you know, get a word in edgewise for a while, but we ended up having just a wonderful conversation, but it really dug deeply into my heart. Yes, and she was expressing biblical wisdom. And, of course, we know that in the Bible, uh, wisdom is a woman. <laughs> and uh, it's so sad that now our politicians and even our, our pastors are claiming that um, you know, slavery in this country still exists and, and denying the, the price that was paid. Uh, by both sides, uh, by the entire nation. Not only that, uh, to eradicate. They're actually, they're in, not only are they denying the scriptures, but they are using an allegiance to a political party that claims to have the interests of the people like Pharaoh did in the days of Israel, and they're actually submitting to this new Pharaoh that is designed and intended to take them and keep them in perpetual slavery. I don't get it. Well, this is um, this is what happens when truth is denied, mm. and um, we we must never forget that the scriptures teach truth, um, but the the uh, the people have decided that there is no truth. The, the intellectuals in our nation and our society have decided that there is no truth. And uh, that, is a, uh, that is a lie. And so we are living under to the terror, the tyranny mm-hmm. of lies and disinformation and uh, the, the um, denial of truth. So 
that that conversation you have I had I know was an incredible blessing um, to you and to to her. Well, we actually to prayed to, together. We we actually prayed oh. together and cried out to the Lord uh, that by His Spirit He mm-hmm. would uh, you know bring these things to bear and uh, somehow reveal to all of us uh, the truth of these issues. You know, I go back to uh, my high school days, and uh, even before that, uh, in our education, we were taught what we refer to as Negro spirituals. Now, that Mm. was not a term that was derogatory. It was just descriptive. That's what they were. And uh, I remember one song, uh, Go Down Moses, Way Down in Egypt's Land, Tell Old Pharaoh, Let My people go. You know what I think? Right out of the Bible. I think, yeah, right out of the Bible, and I believe that that same message is one that we've been bringing here on this program concerning this issue. Telling Pharaoh, let my people go. And that includes black America, that includes white America, that includes brown America, Let my people go. But we have to be willing to submit to the word, will, and ways of the Lord, don't we? Absolutely. And and nothing else, I I think, will actually uh, provide us with unity. Exactly. Um, Yeah. There's a wonderful article titled, Oh, Freedom, the Bible and Black Christian Movements for Liberation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was an eye-opener for me to read um, this this wonderful article by Jay Case, mm-hmm. and where he is describing that the black experience of the Bible was always, in America, was always different, because they knew in their bones and in their daily experience of what it was to be led out of bondage. What, mm-hmm. b- well, first of all, what bondage was. Right. And then that the promise, the promise uh, in the Bible, uh, which is so beautifully illustrated uh, in the in the Moses uh, bringing the children out out of bondage out of the uh, the bondage of Pharaoh and Egypt into the wilderness and unto the Father. That's what happened to the Promised and Land. That's... Isn't that what Martin Luther King Jr. said? I've been to the top of the mountain and I've seen the other side. We're bound for the Promised Land. Amen. And they have been teaching. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the white population ever since. <laughs> um, and they, they have been uh, holding that, that standard. But what has happened also is that their clergy, like uh, clergy across the board, have, uh, have uh, are, are, what are they, they're corrupting, they have corrupted the scripture, they have corrupted the faith. I'll tell you what. I'm reminded of Matthew 23, where our Savior himself is speaking to these very pastors, these very ministers, um, sternly, as sternly as he appears anywhere in the Bible, mm-hmm. that they have, uh, they have corrupted the faith. And I, be- I believe what he's saying is that they have hijacked the faith of Abraham. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is true. And then when you think that... Uh... The founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, mm. Mm. co-opted the black pastors to bring their people under the bondage of abortion 
because they she knew that the people would trust their pastors more than anyone else. So the pastors betrayed their own people and were seduced into uh, uh, being participant in seducing yep. their people into the killing off now of 16 million black children. Very sad. Uh, she's a major player in the uh, enemy's army that uh, that is attacking uh, our our nation today and and sadly winning many many battles and how can you claim bible allegiance and authority when you're succumbing and submitting to that kind of travesty something is dramatically wrong in america today and i believe that the foundation uh, as as the psalmist said if the foundations be destroyed what can the righteous do the foundation yeah. is in the bible Jesus, the scriptures make it very clear that God exalted his word even above his own name. Now, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your name is pretty important, Michael. My name, I feel, <laughs> I feel it's pretty important. But God exalted his word even above his own name. But we don't. Yeah. We denigrate it and exalt ourselves. Maybe we need to Well, and we that. know. We'll get back after this break. Stay tuned. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Many of America's greatest and most historic movies and films have been based upon the Bible, many of them. Whether it comes from uh, Amazing Grace or the Son of God or Saving Private Ryan or Chariots of Fire, The Birth of a Nation, all of these rooted in the Bible. Or Ben-Hur, The Ten Commandments, King of Kings, Noah's Ark, The Sign of the Cross, Samson and Delilah, the robe, all of these rooted in the Bible. And now the memory of these, Michael, has being stripped from the minds and hearts of our young. What do you make of that? Well, yes, yes and many of them are being re-edited. By the way, I should mention that many of those films that you named are available on a new um, video channel that uh, Christian History Institute has started. Really? It started this last year at the time of uh, COVID mm -hmm. uh, to 
provide their entire uh, archive of films and DVDs over Redeem TV. RedeemTV.com is streaming goodness, they say, <laughs> and indeed they are. Um, so they're, they're, there's, uh, these are accessible, widely accessible. Uh, you know, these movies that you have named are, are so wonderful. Uh, one of the one of the great movies I don't think was named was um, the the Grand Torino. Did, did you ever see that film? Uh, no, I did not. Okay, it's uh, it's a uh, Clint Eastwood film. Oh, okay. And it's an oh, it's an amazing uh, picture uh, illustration of the Savior, mm. who is uh, and and uh, Christians who have been martyred throughout history. Wow. Uh, uh, for standing up for the right and standing up for the good and standing up for truth. But uh, many of these are wonderful. And you know what? One, one of them that's named is The Cross and the Switchblade, which came out in 1970. That film was produced by the founder of the magazine and the Institute, Ken Curtis. Hmm. Um, yeah, that was uh, starring Pat Boone. Back in that day in the 70s, you know, there were crossover films. Right. Today, the Christian films are you know, uh, relegated to uh, special screenings mm -hmm. in the uh, in the movie houses. But um, that got enormous exposure. And it was the story of a of a New Jersey pastor, David Wilkerson, who went into New York City and ministered to the gangbangers on the street of uh, of New York. What a, you know, the same picture that we're seeing today, mm -hmm. uh, people just uh, causing chaos and destruction on the street, mayhem and murder. Well, you know, uh, in 1965, the movie The Greatest Story Ever Told came out, and uh, the Bible has always been seen, or historically, as the greatest story ever told, and now we have a Democratic congressman who's heading up the judicial uh, conference for the Democratic Party indicating this Congress has nothing to do with what God or the Bible has to say. Oh. You talk about a blasphemous yeah. statement. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So th well, that's where we are, and that's why we need a resurrection of truth. And uh, the Scripture says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man will come to the Father but by me. He also said, Amen. the word is truth. The Apostle yes. Paul writes about this is the word of truth. And so... Yes, absolutely. And, the, and John points out that the word is our Savior, our Savior Jesus Christ. We must pray for our pastors and our churches. And what we must pray for is repentance, a turning. Repentance is not, oh, gee whiz, I'm sorry. Repentance is to turn 180 degrees come back to the Father, come back to our Savior. This is what our pastors need to hear from their congregations. Mm. And when you have the pastor of a major, major so-called evangelical church uh, coming out a couple of years ago saying that uh, the Old Testament was irrelevant, we don't need to yeah. pay any attention to that, and yet that was the yeah. only Bible that the Apostle Paul referred to when he said, study the Scriptures— that was the only Bible that Jesus spoke about when he talked about studying the Scriptures. 
That's right. And uh, students of the Bible see that the New, the, the New Testament is contained in the Old Testament. A third of it. Uh, the New Testament is revealing the truths of the Bible of the time of Jesus. Mm. Okay, well, here is going back to this Barna research, uh, finding that only 31% of Americans have a biblical worldview, uh, and that mm. consists of what they call theological evangelicals, political conservatives, and registered Republicans most likely to possess a biblical uh, theism perspective. Then 16% embrace secular humanism, and that's usually skeptics or residents of the West, uh, and moralistic therapeutic deism, 39% embrace that. Political liberals and individuals who attend a predominantly black or Catholic church are the most common adherents to moralistic therapeutic deism. And uh, then postmodernism, 16% of Americans, residents of the Northeast and Western states and political liberals. So this is a, a very interesting study that just came out today. And George Barnes says, worldview is caught more than it is taught in the United States. I don't like the term worldview. Never have. I think what we should be talking about is God view. God view. It's not our worldview. It's our God view that's at issue. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so... We have distorted our God view, and because of that, our worldview is distorted. Yes. And um, we must lift up our, our Heavenly Father. It's, um, it's God that we want to uh, have abide in us, and we want to abide in Him, not the world. Um, I'm, I'm right now in northeastern Indiana, surrounded by set-apart people, um, Amish, Mennonites, German Baptists, Quakers. <laughs> these are these are folks that came out of a an Anabaptist uh, tradition mm. parallel to the Catholic tradition. They're not daughters of the Catholic Church like the Protestant mainstream Protestants are. Mm -hmm. And um, what a blessing! What a blessing that our nation still has. And those communities, by the way, are growing enormously across this nation. Yeah. I received and so, a report uh, a couple of days ago. It's called Breaking News. Cardinal Burke, this is a Roman Catholic Cardinal Burke, says that pro-abortion politicians are in apostasy and are automatically excommunicated. Mm. What to do about pro-abortion Joe Biden and other mm -hmm. abortion-promoting politicians who continue to present themselves for holy communion. Now, as I see this, uh, and, you know, I am not a Catholic, but I, what I see here is that Cardinal Burke is actually making this stand on the authority of the Bible. Yes. Yet yes. Joe Biden is distorting the Bible, claiming his Catholicism for political purposes but not only abandoning, but betraying the very faith that he claims to follow. So it's a symbol, to me, uh, it is a symbol or symptom of what's happening all over the country, not just with Catholics, but everywhere, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. we have abandoned the authority of the Bible 
And every man now is doing that which is right in his own eyes. What say you? Well, that's right out of the Bible itself. So uh, you're, you're right. It, um, that, that is what we are seeing today. We're seeing, uh, you, you know, you, er, very early in, in, in the hour here, you, you talked about feelings. Mm-hmm. And, and I was thinking as you were saying that, uh, try to find what we call feelings in the Bible. Uh, it's it's not easy. <laughs> uh, no. I don't think it can be found. You know, uh, our feelings. Well, this the closest is, thing that is, would be the shortest verse of the Bible: Jesus wept. <laughs> well, yes, uh, emotion, uh, sincere emotion, absolutely. But you know what? I think uh, where where I where I found it was uh, uh, in in Eve when she was tempted, mm-hmm. and um, her feelings got the best of her. Yeah. Now, God bless her, she was a sensitive woman, and uh, we appreciate that. But, um, you know, she, she, I, think, I think her feelings overtook her, and she um And Adam was chose. overly sensitive to his wife, and he said, well, look, you know, if Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So he capitulated, even though he knew that it was contrary to the Word of God. Well, now, now you're, uh, now you're getting into the wheelhouse here. Uh, <laughs> Our, our men, our men in, in our churches, our men need to step up, don't they? Absolutely. They need to step up. If the Bible is to regain authority, men must become the spiritual leaders of their home. And that's why I wrote the book, uh, Hearts of the Fathers, Leaving a Legacy That Lasts, to try to cast a vision for men uh, to become the spiritual leaders of their home. You know, uh, Michael, I have a firm conviction, as many do, that we're really on the near edge of the second coming. And if that be true, that makes this discussion today of vast implications, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And uh, that is where people are, are turning. Uh, come, Lord Jesus. Uh, it takes these extreme um, things happening in our, in our society that uh, wake people up, that define what hypocrisy is. You know, I mean... We don't want to be woke, we want to be awakened. Yes. (laughs) Amen. All right, Christian History Magazine. Again, some are probably just tuning in. Tell us how people can get a hold of this this wonderful piece that comes out quarterly. Well, go onto the Internet and find something worth going on the Internet for. Yes. ChristianHistoryMagazine.org. Uh, freely available. All of these issues, 138 now, can be read right on the screen. Um, get the get the family to circle around the uh, 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 your your computer screen like they used to circle around the the radio uh-huh. to listen to the gospel and listen to hymns and study your favorite subjects, your favorite uh, people, heroes of the faith. Um, and uh, what a what a blessing it is! By the way, these issues are so richly illustrated yes. uh, with, with photography and etchings, and and uh, the the art is just extraordinary. And the magazine's well known for that. And by the way, all of the art is attributed, so you you can uh, find where to go that art, and and a lot of it is freely available on the internet as well. This. Uh... Is, is it's a very expensive proposition to put this together. I know it is, uh, because th- this kind of printing, this kind of uh, work does not come cheaply. Uh, it involves tremendous research, weaving things together. What, a, what a, a blessing this would be if 
fathers and moms would get the magazine and they would use it in their families uh, to read together and have conversation about. Don't you think it would be great for that? Oh, absolutely. Um, This needs to be on your, if you have a coffee table, it needs to be on that. Um, And it's an opportunity to get rid of the other stuff that is is likely junk and, um, and share this, share this with your neighbors, your friends, people. I run into people all the time that have not, unlike yourself, they've not heard of it. They haven't seen it. And they're, uh, they're just delighted and elated, excited about uh, the, the, that such a publication would exist. It's terrific. It, it, it's just really terrific. And that's the reason why I've kept all of the issues uh, in my own library for reference. All right, friends. Christian History Magazine. Uh, you can go to the website, ChristianHistoryMagazine.org, and uh, avail yourself of this wonderful, wonderful tool. Uh, no, I don't own anything in it. Uh, I have no uh, no physical or financial interest in it. Other, It's only a spiritual interest to use this as a wonderful tool to get a message out to God's people. And I thank you for joining us here today on Viewpoint. A big thank you to Michael Austin again. And friends, uh, become a partner, will you? Do it today. Don't delay. The other guy's not doing it. Go to the website, saveus.org. Call us 1-800-SAVE-USA. And let's continue to get the message out and prepare the way of the Lord for history's final hour. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.